Blog Talk Radio. chance to watch the race we were traveling back from uh from the devil's playground up in new york and uh but we did listen to it door bumper clear had everything i needed because from what i could hear from the race i pretty much fell asleep behind the wheel on i-95 craig if you think craig you're saying devil's playground does that mean uh you're referring to me over here uh no Ah, uh, oh, come on now! Referring to the drama. Come on, there's a reason. No, why he's referring to that. Listen, there was there was more drama. There was more drama in NASCAR this week than you see on any friggin' soap opera on ABC, CBS, or even in Taz's life or mine. I Ow. swear to God, it took four hours to get there, though, Craig. <laughs> oh, that was the most boring race I've ever seen. I mean, now even the announcers were begging for cautions. Dale Jr. threw NASCAR under the bus so many times. And, you know, you, you were hearing it from the radio side. Taz, I'm not sure how you were watching. If Miss Lee's listening, our 
uh, production manager. Shout out to Miss Lee. You know, she's had to go through some things and stuff, and just uh, glad to have her just a part of this group and all. And we're still praying for you, Miss Lee. Can't wait to have your golden voice as well uh, on the race chat live. Maybe maybe the last episode of the year we can bring Miss Lee on and uh, maybe even get the, Mr. CJ Sports on one damn time this year. But, uh, guys, if you're tuning in to us, we're on the 110 Nation. Uh, you can find us on Spotify, Blog Talk Radio. Uh, you can find us on iHeart. I, I mean, uh, iHeart Radio, iTunes, all the good stuff, Google uh, Podcast. Uh, we are live right now, though, on Blog Talk Radio. So uh, we have a few people listening in. I want to give a shout-out to them real quick. But, uh, my gosh, man. Holy heck, Craig. What are we like, like five? You fell asleep. Like, I, I'm sure you probably don't even remember the state of Pennsylvania uh, as you were uh, as you were trucking on through there because, uh, obviously, the race was, uh, you know, it was, it was, it was pretty it, – it wasn't a nail-biter. That's for damn sure. Uh, Larry Mack said something interesting today, Craig Moore. He said, I looked at the data sheet, and it was like everybody was going the same speed. Oh. Well, time, time, time. Everywhere it's time. So, no pass. I mean, no, no pass. They no made... action. Before the caution, it was 17 seconds uh, behind the behind the leader. 17 seconds. Third place was 17 seconds yeah. behind the leader. Yeah, because I turned on the TV at about. Um, I think it was a 20 laps left of stage two. That's where I started catching the race. And and when I turned it on, as Chris mentioned, literally it was Chase and AJ pulling away. They're about somewhere between three to five seconds apart. And everybody else was gone. See you later. And it was like, oh, okay, well, that's how this race is going. Because they didn't miss much of the first part. Yeah, you absolutely missed nothing in the first three and a half hours of the race. Uh, door bumper cleared. Craig, welcome aboard, my friend. Uh, maybe uh, you will take uh, a weekly interest into listening to that show. It really, I don't. I don't mean to mimic a lot of the show, but as you said, Craig, and you can defend me in this route. You you get so much knowledge from the inside, right? We're not listening. We're not listening to. Bob Pockris and and Adam Stern. We're listening to four guys who are in the industry. Um, you know, uh, what well, three guys? We're not Greg following. Gary. Chris, we're not living our life by Twitter. So, <laughs> listening, listening to that. that, and listening. <laughs> well, listening to that show, as you said, you get an insider's perspective. They were bad. Kaz, I don't know if, if you spent an hour and 45 minutes listening to that show, but it is well worth it, and I'm going to be sure to tune in uh, every Monday. But um, they were attacking NASCAR big time. I mean, they pretty much – one of the last things, one of the things that I remember they said, Chris, and I'm not sure if you remember this, but they said, you don't even know who the track promoters are now. Yeah, because the yeah, because yeah, they don't come around. When uh, Kevin George was the president of Indy, you knew who he was because he came around. Uh, Matty Oli from, from uh, Pocono came around. Humpy Wheeler, Humpy Wheeler, Eddie Goose. 
You know, and they don't do that now. And, you know, they were really, they were really um, hammering home on NASCAR. And, you know, good for them because maybe NASCAR will start listening. I know they did say that they want a big change in the cars for 2023 and beyond. Um, I don't think you're going to see it in 2023. I think you're going to see it in the rules package. But I don't know if you're going to necessarily see an overall tweaking of the cars, probably till 24, 25. Well, Craig, uh, I don't know if you if you heard today or not, but uh, they are discussing adding a whole another foot to this race car uh, to create a better crush system. Uh, in the back end of the race cars, so uh, there's definitely some things on the table. But but uh, I believe one of the drivers even come out, uh, Craig and Taz, and talked about maybe some, some modifications to the seats and all. We've got this subject yeah. coming up here later on when safety, safety, safety. That's going to be uh, part of our hot topics discussion. We've got that and a whole lot more uh, to discuss. Uh, but uh, definitely, it, it is great that uh, you have taken an interest to the DBC show. Uh, just the inside perspective, Craig, of what you're able to uh, find out from the industry. And, and their topics is, is always on cue with what the hot topics are, what what they're talking about on SiriusXM, what we're reading uh, through Twitter and JTE and all the articles. Um, they, they pretty much can get fit right in on on any uh, any topic that's actually relevant right now uh, in the NASCAR news. What's relevant right now, for sure, as we try to stay uh, uh, on on topic, is AJ Allmendinger. AJ Allmendinger dominated four straight Roval Xfinity wins. Guys, that's a hell of a feat. But but fear no more, right? AJ Allmendinger goes to the Cup Series. Uh, in 2023 as a full-time candidate, so he will not be eligible uh, to race in the Xfinity Series. Uh, what's, uh, what, what, what are you guys' ideas with A.J. Allmendinger? First of all, you know, the, uh, the promotion, right? Uh, that's a pretty big deal. He may or may not be successful. I, I, I hear some people saying that he's a, a lock-in for the chase automatically just because he is hands down the best road course racer uh, in NASCAR. Uh, I'll start with you, Craig Moore, since uh, it's so privileged to have you on here this weekend. Well, I don't know if I'd necessarily lock him into the chase. I mean, we we don't even, we know what kind of car colleague brings to the track, but locking him into the chase already and we haven't even gotten to 2023, it's kind of like wiping your ass before you take a shit. I love it. I mean, makes makes zero sense to me. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Thank you. Thank you, Craig Moore. That is a great perspective. Now, now four dominating wins in the Xfinity Series, that is unheard of. Uh, you know, is he hands down the best road course racer, Craig Moore? I don't know if I'd necessarily say he's the best. I'd say he's in the upper echelon. But being a great road course racer isn't necessarily going to get you into the chase. You've got to do every, everything. Your old program's got to come together. Your, speed, your speedway program, your, your mile and a half, your short track, and your road course races all got to be on the same page. And if colleague, if colleague can't do that, then it's not going to much matter. There isn't, there isn't, 
a bunch of road courses in the in the chase. There's one. So. Well, he is in he is in line for an Xfinity Championship this year in the Xfinity Series. Uh, one of the favorites going in. If we can look at the stats real quick, I believe AJ Allmendinger has five wins. Uh, uh, Ty Gibbs has five wins, and Noah Gregson has five wins. So, uh, um, man, that's a. Uh, no, I beg to differ. That is seven for Gregson, five for Dinger and uh, Gibbs. Okay, so Noah Gregson leads it with seven wins. My goodness gracious. A threat for a championship, Dad Taylor, A.J. Allmendinger. Yeah, Dinger, um, I like Craig said, I wouldn't highly consider – Putting him into the chase just yet, being that we have we've had what nineteen different winners this year so far. Might be wrong, maybe twenty, but um, I just see it as I think they're jumping the gun too soon. As for Dinger being the best road course racer, I wouldn't say he's the best. I would put him as one of the more consistent ones. Um, I mean, you have guys in the Cup Series, Chase Elliott, Christopher Bell, obviously, coming through on some of the road courses. Um, Another one is Tyler Reddick that's coming through on road courses. So I I can't entirely put him as the best road course racer. I'll put him as one of the better ones, but not, I wouldn't say the best. But I would also kind of, you know, say he's one of the more consistent ones as well. Yeah, um, considering I think what was mentioned earlier, Craig. Now, when I when I accidentally quote some things from the from the DBC show, don't don't call me out on it. But but uh, you're taking a large chunk of the Xfinity drivers this year and then sending them into the Cup Series full-time next season, except we do have a question mark with whether or not Ty Gibbs uh, will be running a full, full-time full season at Xfinity and or running a Cup Series. We haven't heard the definite decision there yet, but we're speculating that Ty Gibbs will be in the 18 machine. Uh, that's uh, – you know, that there's your there's your three out of four that's going to, that's going to race for a championship at Phoenix. Um, and that's a, that's that's a hard lick coming out of coming out of the Xfinity series. Craig Moore, do you have any anything to add with that? No, I don't. I uh, I just think I hope that they're not pushing these guys up to the cup level sooner than they're ready. I mean, look at what happened to Suarez. Yeah. AJ Armstrong. I mean, Suarez should not be considered in that one. Though. <laughs> No, no, because he's been ready. But look at what happened to Suarez. We moved him up to Cup, and um, it didn't it didn't go too well for him at first. Uh, we right. thought he was going to be a, a lock at Joe Gibbs Racing for years, and uh, and it, that's not the case. 
I mean, he's, he's uh, it, now he's doing well at track out. It's a shame that he's not going to be in the final four, but or, or in the round of eight, I should say. But it is what it is there. But he has nothing to be ashamed of looking back on his 2023 season or 2022 season. He can only go forward from there, but it took him years to get back to that level. Uh, he had to go cut his teeth more in, in Xfinity. So I'm hoping that the drivers that they're bringing up, minus Ty Gibbs, Noah Gregson, uh, minus Ty Gibbs, and, of course, uh, the Dinger, that, you know, they're not bringing him up too soon and and they're not going to be able to perform and they get discouraged and say – they're going to pull Carl Edwards and say, screw it, and I'm out of here. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, you just don't really know right now, especially with injuries and the safety of being an issue in, in, in the uh, NASCAR Cup Series. Exactly. All right, Ted. Uh, I just, I don't know. Only thing with Dinger is like, yeah, he. I think he got. I think him staying in Xfinity uh, for as long as he did helped him kind of help reboot his career. Um, I think with him moving up the Cup at the time that where Colleg is sitting right now, I think benefits because Colleg needed a senior driver, and I don't mean or I don't really want to say senior, more like a veteran driver um, that to help them on the cup side. Because, yeah, you can invest long-term in Justin Haley, but with the part-time drivers sharing the other, sharing their second car, it doesn't really help their program much. Um, and it doesn't really help Haley much either. So... And they needed a veteran. And obviously when Kyle Busch was in talks of free agency and Colleg was thrown around as a name to try to nab him, it would have been great because Kyle Busch would be a great veteran driver to nab not only for the team but also for Justin Haley in a sense too and maybe other young upcoming drivers through the Xfinity program that Colleg has. As But... Um, Dinger would be a great standout. Um, he's been through uh, the tough times of the cup deal, being that he did not get the top quality rides and had to work for um, basically everything that he had. And Colleg has basically given him the golden ticket uh, to basically, um, I guess, do the per- golden perfect send-offs, I guess you can say. Um, to basically end his career when he wants to, not when he's basically forced to. And Colleague, of course, has sponsorship money behind them, so kind of a no-brainer. But I would definitely, even though, so I, at this point, I would say Dinger is a good is a good talent. Um, I just wouldn't lock him in as a chase contender right now. You know, Ms. Lee made a great point, colleague, is exactly what A.J. needed. And I think A.J., what you're trying to say, 
uh, Tess Taylor is, AJ is exactly what colleagues needed. Uh, they needed a seasoned veteran. They needed somebody who had worked within organizations. You know, uh, AJ Allmendinger. Let's just go through his portfolio for a minute. He were, he he drove for Red Bull. Uh, he was also a Red Bull development driver uh, in the Formula One series. So he had he had overseas uh, connections into a garage. He you know he worked for uh, Petty, which was also a stayover of Everham. Uh, he was at Penske for a very short minute, blink of an eye, and then he was at JCG uh, as well. So, you know, what I'm trying to say is A.J. Allmendinger had been through quite a few garages and had seen things done uh, different in so many ways. There's a culture that's built within some of these garages, and the other teams just try to copy it or they try to mimic it or they know that they're, that, you know, uh, I don't believe a JGR – company functions the same way as a colleague racing uh, uh, garage functions. You know, it, it's more of a, I'm private, I want to keep what I've got to myself in a JGR garage, but uh, from everything that we're hearing about the colleague and how their organization runs, it's a very one-minded, one-team effort. And uh, A.J. Allmendinger probably helped kind of bring that to the fold. Um, of course, that's the way the Penske operates. And so, um, I know that deep down, A.J. only wondered what his career would be had he had been in that 22 car. You've seen that 22 car go off and win a championship with Joey Logano and, a, you know, a revelation of his career. Well, A.J. Allmendinger could have been that guy, right? And, and so he has to feel uh, connected uh, somehow to Penske, even in the later part of his career, because, of course, you know, that was a, that was a, a terrible situation and a lesson learned. Uh, from a, from a driver, um, but uh, AJ Allmendinger uh, and Colleague Grayson have been great for each other. And uh, Miss Lee, I want to uh, agree with you on that one as well. Um, as for Noah Gregson and Ty Gibbs, you know I, I'm iffy on Noah Gregson. I feel like Noah's just now kind of breaking out, and I think that you guys will agree with me there. I feel like Noah just now found his groove, right? And we're just now really – because this kid was crying in his first Daytona race in a truck series, and I'll never forget that, right? Um, poor guy. And now, he, now he's known for puking everywhere. So, um, But so, whatever you say, the image that I have in my head of Noah Gregson is his fire suit halfway hanging off, his, his chest poked out, and his mullet. So – that's who Noah Gregson wants me to believe that he is. Well, that's what I'm going to – that's my image of him. And maybe he well, needs just a couple more years, and I'm not sure about the car that he's going to. The, the deal with Gregson, in my opinion, I think he would have had more of a breakout year last year had he not, um, I want to say, like ran into the bad luck that he did uh, to start to at least start the year, because we remember there was a lot of times to start the year he was contending for wins, and there was I think like one or two races we you could have easily penciled, and he literally uh, made you put that pen to paper prediction correct, That's where right, he right. you said you said he if you put pen to paper saying Gregson is your winner 
he basically proved you right in like one or two races last year to start the season. And the bad luck just like ran into him. And where he started to peak was at, obviously at a good time, which was late in the regular season and to start the playoffs. But it kind of like fell off towards the end. So he's in this year, I'm feeling like not only is he breaking out, and it was, I think it's a year overdue of that breakout point, but he's now finding the, the strength to kind of start the year good. You can have a small slump in the middle, but keep, make sure you're still running um, well enough that you're not out. You're basically not throwing yourself out of the, out of the talks and you, and finish out the year strong. And I, and, but it didn't help the fact either that he was also foreshadowed. He was also overshadowed by the battle of Cindric versus Dinger last year too. Yeah. Right. Well, we don't know about Ty yet, so we won't speculate on, on him. Uh, but uh, any, any thoughts, Craig Moore, before we uh, go to our uh, Cup Series discussion? Well, I think any time I said this a couple of minutes ago, I just want to reiterate it because we kind of did the same thing with Gregson last year. We put the kid on a pedestal, and, uh, you know, it wasn't until later that he came into his own. So uh, I think we're doing that. I think think not just us, but I think in general the media uh, does that with everybody. We, We put these young upstarts on a pedestal, and then bam. I mean, who would have thought going into the season that we would have, uh, Kyle Larson would not be going into the round of eight? I sure the hell didn't. I, I honestly, in my picks, I had him going all the way to the final four. Um, and that kind of got lambasted. So, you know, but no, we can move on to the next topic. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, that is the, the next topic, of course. Uh, how Kyle Larson missed the damn race. I mean, how he's, how he's put out. Like, uh, seriously, his crew chief was telling him in the pits, Craig Moore, you're fine, you're fine, don't worry about it, we got this. Next thing you know, uh, you know, he starts falling further and further down, less and less of uh, a point gain. Before you know it, he's out of the playoffs. Kyle Larson, last year, 2021, yeah, 2021 NASCAR Cup champion, gets eliminated in the round of 12. So he didn't even make it to the round of eight. I mean, it's a disgrace. I want to throw in that fact because uh, Larson with the Roval just don't seem to mix. If you remember, I think it was 2020, may not, or if it wasn't that one, it was a year before. He barely got into the next round of playoffs because of Jimmy Johnson's screw-ups. Look at last year, where he had one heck of a gap. In the round of 12, he did not win in that round. So he had to get in on points. And he just and he even said in the middle of the race, because um, I think he won, I think he won last year in the Roval. 
I have to double check that. But he even said in the in his post race interview last year, there was a time in in the middle of the Roval race that he felt like he was under the cut line, in which he was at one point, and he was starting to worry. I'm thinking that him and the Charlotte Roval just don't mix entirely, and I was. And I was hoping that he had enough point cushion to kind of help him out um, right. for this race, but it seems as though that that point cushion didn't really help him at all because he's now eliminated. Yeah, I mean, well, if you remember, was, he didn't have a yeah, strong start to the year. He didn't have a real good start to the year. I mean, if I remember correctly, he went into that slump. Remember. He won in California. Right. And but then after that, if I remember that. right, he slumped. Yeah, 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 yeah. He he, he, he said, quote, I'm hoping to, to to start another run again or something. Well, I shouldn't quote it, but I can't remember it. But he was pretty cocky in his interview, in his post-race interview, that hopefully he was about to click uh, off a few more, you know. Um, they were just kind of getting heated up, but obviously that's not happened. Hey, look. <laughs> He's not the franchise. Like, we know who the franchise is. I mean, he's not just the franchise of Hendrick Motorsports. They try to make him the franchise of NASCAR. And, of course, we're talking about none other than Chase the Face. Mr. So, uh, you know, it's his race to lose this weekend. And uh, he figured a way to lose it. I think it's karma uh, for how he did Kevin Harvick earlier in the season. Um, and this one probably hurt a little bit because it would have definitely padded his way into the uh, into the the championship race at Phoenix. Um, Cass, what's your thoughts on this this week's race at uh, at the Rose Sunday's race? What do you what you got? I honestly feel like. For the most part, there wasn't much going on up until the last, like, what, 20 laps left in the race, maybe, when cautions were coming out for, or at yeah, least that was the like one late, at least the one late caution that came out, I believe it was the last one, where there was something on the track. Yeah, it was a sign. I guess. And I guess this piece of whatever it was, cardboard or whatever you want to, whatever it was, was on the track for a couple of laps. And until NBC pointed their camera on it, there was no signs of it going caution. So some people are thinking that the caution was thrown out um, to try to rig the system, as you can say, and try to put something into the race so that people can talk about it and we keep making the Charlotte Roval a relevant race, which I think, honestly, in my opinion, the Charlotte Roval is not an entire crapshoot, but I feel like I wouldn't be entirely upset if it was gone, but if it was on the schedule, I'm not overly excited. I'm like in the middle with it, but I feel so like you're that pretty much a Democrat. 
<laughs> because you Hold never have a definitive answer. Hold him back. Hold him back. <laughs> I don't know. It's like some things I'm down the middle with, and some things it's just no. Or I have back, a definitive man. answer. There you go. Hit him in his jaw one time. Tell him to calm down. <laughs> well, cause, because the Charlotte Roval, the first year it did, it was there. It wasn't entirely So do bad. you or do you not like the Roval? That I'm sorry, Craig. I'm sorry. I just wanted. I just wanted to. No, you're absolutely right. I'm trying to say. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. Do you or right. do you not like the Roval, Taz Taylor? This year's Roval race sucks. Last year's? This year's up. Okay. We'll put in perspective. Why do you I think guess it this just year depends sucks. on the year, but maybe could, we could blame the car, for instance, this year. I don't yeah, know. I wait, just thought maybe we this could. year's race was a snoozer, and last year's wasn't bad because Keith Elliott freaking – or no, that was two years ago. My bad. But, Lars, but last year, literally, Larson almost blew the entire race and ended up winning the race. And then the year before, Chase Elliott got into a couple incidents and ended up winning the damn thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think they could take the roll off the schedule. That's fine with me. I mean, until, until they figure out how to get this car to work on every single track and the safety aspects of it, they could get rid of every friggin' road course we got until they figure out how to run this car safely on every track we got. They won't do that, but they could. Like, there's not as much hype into this race anymore as there was when it first started. This this car was built to be a road course car. Like, this is this is the photocopy of a road course car in the IMSA series. So this is this is just a copycat car of a series that has raced uh, in the uh, you know for been around for 20 years um nascar ad- adapted to this race car uh for some certain reasons i think we're all still kind of trying to figure out really why we went to this style race car but this race car it's been good at mile and a half but nascar's have screwed up every other race every other type of races with this car so uh, we finally got the mile and a half right but it took doing a complete 180 on these other tracks like road course races and and and, and uh, super speedway racing and short track, I'm not we've not been impressed at all. Now maybe we get to uh, Vegas this week, and it's the same thing. Like this car, maybe we've had a false impression of what this car is in the beginning. Um, but I do know that uh, you know that I keep hearing that we cannot pass, we can't pass, we can't pass. Um, and so there's got to be some legitimacy to that uh, claim. Um, that don't necessarily show that they can't pass. I think Talladega had 50 uh, lead changes. So I mean, I, I'm not don't don't quote me on that, but I believe you know, which is for me, it's astonishing. Like I can't believe that that, that it had that many lead changes uh, because I was there and it didn't seem like that interesting of a race. But uh, sometimes. Uh, those kind of stats can be deceiving. Um, but uh, it seems to be that we've hit a stalemate with this car. We're, we're uh, concerned about the safety aspect of it. We're concerned about the performance issues, how 
The cars fell apart at certain racetracks. Texas with a tire. Bristol with just parts failure after parts failures. Um, you know, it's, uh, is this the drama that we needed in NASCAR right now? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think this is this has brought more of negative Nancy's uh, to the sport than we've ever had before. And it just seems like we had such aspirations in the beginning that this was the answer and this was going to be the all cure. And now towards the end of the season, it's almost feeling like we're, you know, we're suffering a slow, painful uh, exit. But remember in the beginning of the year, Chris, remember in the beginning of the year where we were bitching and moaning and crying that we couldn't pass with these cars, they can't pass with these cars, not a, and then they could pass for a while, and now they're back to not passing. They're not being able to, or so they say. Um, I wonder how much of it is the drivers paying attention to what the fan base and the media are saying and sandbagging. Because they could pass for a while. And they couldn't in the beginning. Now they can. And, you know, then they then they could, and now they can't all of a sudden. So it's just kind of, it kind of just makes me wonder at times, you know, what the issue, what the real issue with this car is. Well, we, uh, we'll discuss the safety, safety, safety issue here. And just a little bit, uh, I do believe we have a stat of the day. Craig, I think that you shared uh, the stat of the day earlier in the week, uh, the Kevin Harvick one. Also, I do have a stat to to share, and uh, I think that this is something that I found out on BBC. Like I said, uh, Craig Moore just knows some of my secrets now. Um, uh, Kevin Harvick's crew chief. Um, what's his what's his name? Rodney Childers. Yeah, Rodney Childers had uh, 600 starts this past weekend. 600 uh, starts as a crew chief, and that's a lot of starts for a crew chief. I, I, I you know, I know that there's Don Inman and you know several other uh, names that uh, that could fit theirs in that that many starts. But my goodness gracious, Rodney Childers has been around. Uh, for quite a long time. Did we find that stat from uh, from earlier in the week, I believe, the Kevin Harvick stat that was shared? Hold on one second. Let me go back up. Facebook has gotten a new uh, – they have a new system. And I and I get so confused on where I'm at because of all the pages and stuff. Um, <laughs> you can't well, go hell, now they're putting – now they're putting, if you like pages, they're putting their stuff at the top of your feed. Okay, 600 lead lap finishes in the NASCAR Cup Series for Stuart Haas Racing, Kevin Harvick, and 786 NASCAR Cup Series starts. Starts, sorry. Harvick is the first driver in NASCAR Cup Series history to reach this milestone. 600 lead lap finishes and 786. And, and, hey, we wonder why they call him the closer, right? 
Well, there's no need to wonder. It's right there. Stat of the day. Stat of the day. Anybody else got any stat of the day? Stat of the week, whatever it is. Sure. He gets it. He gets it. He steals the win. Chris Ravel transfers in. Oh, man. Uh, Through a Hail Mary, and it it, it landed. Uh, Let's talk about uh, Tyler Reddick's buyout real quick. Of course, that was hot news. Uh, You knew that was coming. Early early this morning, it was announced that uh, somebody bought out the contract, whether it was Richard Childress or there was money exchanged from 2311. Of course, I believe that that is something that was predicted here on the show. But what I'd love to do for the last show of the year is go back and get all of our predictions and show where where we were wrong and where we were right. Uh, because we would probably be amazed. We are the NASCAR Domus of the radio waves because we predict this shit, man. We really do. Look, Tyler Reddick was never going to race for Richard Childress Racing in 2023. He knew that when he signed the contract with 2311. Uh, how he was going to get to the 2311 team, we're not sure, but I'm pretty sure that Toyota promised uh, uh, Tyler Reddick that, no, without a doubt, he would definitely be in a Toyota for the 2023 season if he was out of his contract. So I'm sure somewhere or another before Tyler signed his name on the contract, he made sure that he was going to be taken care of in the 2023 race season either by Toyota or and or Richard Childress, one and the other. Now, Childress come out, he was really bitter in the beginning. Uh, I think he's bitter even now. I mean, even after Tyler Reddick has brought his organization three wins this year, which is multi-wins, which is three more than what Richard Childress has been uh, capable of producing, basically, uh, since the departure of Kevin Harvick. Um, my, my quick NASCAR Domus, NASCAR Domus, prediction is that Tyler Reddick goes to the 23 car. Now, I've even yeah. heard from other places that Toyota is the real backing of Tyler Reddick, and he could possibly land in the 18 machine on a one-year deal uh, if Kurt Busch is, does not retire. So um, that would keep Ty Gibbs in his spot for the Xfinity Series Championship, and it would fulfill the 18 machine for one year while Kurt Busch finishes out his contract. Now, there is speculation that Kurt Busch will announce his retirement at Las Vegas. This is a wait-and-see game, but I want to know what's on you guys' mind. We're going to start with you again, Craig Moore. No offense, Taz Taylor, but but uh, Craig Moore, let's uh, well, let's get your thoughts on this. Well, I think it's a good I think it's a good um barometer that well, first of all, I don't I don't have the stat in front of me, but I'm pretty sure that Tyler Reddick is even with Austin Dillon for wins in the Cup series, if not even pretty <laughs> damn close. Um so you know, Papa's little um his daughter's fastest swimmer there. He wasn't so fast because Tyler Reddick got three wins in a season, and he's out the door. So I think Tyler Reddick is going to – I agree with you, Chris. I think Reddick's going to be in the 23. 
Bush is going to announce his retirement. He's going to go to a front office job or director of competition or something like that. Um, until and if not, maybe he could go to the 18, drive the 18 for another year until Gibbs is ready. Um, because again, I don't think Pep Grandpa is going. Grandpa Gibbs is going to put Ty in that car until he thinks he's a hundred percent ready to take over the responsibilities of the flagship car of uh, of Joe Gibbs Racing. And I think if he did that, and and Ty Gibbs failed, I think there would be other owners wanting to snag that boy up. So I think it, it might be a smart move to throw Reddick in the 18 um, if he's if they don't want to put him in the if they don't want to put him in the 45 yet. So I, I hope that I think Reddick's going to go in the 23 car. I think Bubba Wallace is going to stay in the 45, and only because I believe Michael Jordan believes that the 23 is more valuable than the 45. So there's two numbers there that are significant to Michael Jordan, but one of them is the most important number, and that's the 23. And so Bubba Wallace has been great in the 23, but I don't think they necessarily moved him to the 45 just because of some points. I believe that the idea was to move him on into the 45. To, that, that way everybody could start, could start mass-producing his memorabilia in that car because the center of attention – well, definitely be Tyler Reddick the moment that he lands at 2311. That's your superstar. That's the guy that you went out and signed a year early. I believe with all with all respect, sir, that uh, Tyler Reddick should be in the seat of the 23 uh, starting in the 20, at least the 2024 uh, race season as originally planned. Taz Taylor, what are your thoughts? On, Real quick uh, before Taz jumps in. Austin Dillon, as per Taz, has four wins in 12 seasons in, in Cup. Nine of them are full-time. <laughs> Reddick has th- three wins in four seasons in Cup. Three of them are full-time, and they're all this season. So, uh, you know, yeah. Papa's little boy is a, is a dud. And before I give my take on this, there is a stat I was going to try to share before Chris literally jumped into the next topic in a split second after he asked, does anybody else have another stat of the day to share? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was just looking at the time, and, and, I, and I, I'm sorry, Taz. I'm very sorry. So and then I chose Craig first, right? Go ahead, Taz. No, no, no you're fine with that. Um, this year's Roval race this past Sunday – Produced the least amount of caution that the Roval has had since its debut in the Cup Series, with which had four. Every other race had uh, either eight cautions, nine cautions, or at most ten. And every other races ran 200. All of the Charlotte Roval races ran for 249 miles. And this race ran the most, breaking that record of 255. Now, as for the whole Reddick Toyota with Kurt Busch deal. Sorry. Go ahead. All good. Um, I think having Reddick go to the 18 is the better move um, and let Kurt Busch retire on his own. But I believe realistically – 
we may be seeing um, Kurt Busch uh, take away. Uh, I think Kurt Busch is going to say see you later to driving in the Cup Series. Um, Rob, more than likely, he's stepping away full-time, and if he gets a part-time ride, it'll probably for like one, maybe two races, and that's probably about it. Um, there has been talks that when Kurt Busch was signing with 2311, uh, this was towards the beginning of the season, that if one, if and when Kurt Busch retires, as long as he stayed with 2311 and or Toyota, um, they were going to use him as an admin, which is what Miss Lee put here in the chat. Um, give him an, an administration job with 2311 and help the team uh, for the long term in terms of recruiting drivers and uh, how to make the team expand or whatever. But I. But I'm also thinking realistically that Tyler Reddick will end up taking the 23 car, leave Bubba in the 45. And I would also say that we're probably going to end up seeing uh, Grandpa Giddy up over in Xfinity. Will Child's Play Ty Gibbs over there come up to Cup in the 18 car? Grandpa Giddy up. Oh, my God. That's classic. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I cannot keep my composure. Oh, my God. You cannot post shit like that. <laughs> not, not as hard as I work, man. Oh, my God. I cannot keep myself laughing. <laughs> And then I tried to say erase it. <laughs> oh, I know y'all are all, I know the only people that will understand why I'm crying right now is because <laughs> the people in our group. Oh, my God, that's hilarious what I just read. Um, oh, my God, let me get my, oh, my God. Taz, I am so sorry. Um uh, <laughs> That's just wrong, man. <laughs> oh God. Okay, let's get back on. Okay. Man, I, I agree with Miss Lee. I agree with Miss Lee. The coach is going to move Ty up, even if we don't think he's ready. He's going to put him up there because he is the face of Joe Gibbs Racing. Yeah. He is the face Ty- going forward. That's right. Grandpa Giddy Up is going to freaking, you know, kiss feet to Grandpa and uh, Grandpa Coach and, you know, get into that 18 car. But my question is, did Joe Gibbs know that Denny Hamlin was going out and picking this free agent, the hottest free agent that was we didn't even know was on the market yet? Like, because was did, did, did Joe Gibbs come into the season – not really one worried about negotiating a contract with Kyle Busch because he knew Tyler Reddick was in the wings. Uh, possibly Toyota had already made that discussion. 
maybe they – I mean, it was just, it's just hard to believe that TRD knew something, Denny knew something, and Joe didn't know anything. So, um, you know, because it seems like anything that does happen with Toyota Racing Development, Joe Gibbs is kind of there and involved uh, with that. With that being said, um, do you who, who, who would you rather have on your race team, Craig or Taz? I mean, would you want Ty Gibbs, your grandson, or would you want who you know is going to be the next superstar of the sport? That's Tyler Reddick. Uh, it seems like you would want both of them on your team. I'm just – I'm just wondering if this if something didn't didn't stink up the program or mess up something here uh, with with Joe Gibbs. Maybe he was maybe he already knew what he was doing and was going to try to get uh, Tyler Reddick into one of his race cars. I don't know. Maybe I'm overthinking it, but it just seems it just seems weird how um, you know you should have had Martin Truex Jr. retiring this year. You had the Kyle Busch situation, and 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 though t- Coach Gibbs says that he tried to re-sign uh, Kyle Busch, we heard from Kyle Busch's interviews that that's probably not necessarily true. They weren't that far off on money wise. Something something happened, and 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 Coach Gibbs went into this year knowing that Kyle Busch would not return to JGR, and there's nobody that's going to prove to me uh, anything different. So. With this Tyler Reddick issue, was this something? I mean, is you know, do you guys really think that Joe Gibbs didn't know that Denny Hamlin was going out and in pre preemptive a, a free agent sign that uh, was you know basically touted as the next superstar of the sport? Or is that even a question? Oh, he, I, I have to agree with Miss Lee, and I thought about this too. How much does Denny Hamlin really share with with uh, Joe Gibbs? He's running his own team. Yeah, he gets his uh, he get he gets some stuff from Joe Gibbs Racing, but he's a competitor. So how much is he willing to share, or is he sharing with? Coach Gibbs, as far as negotiations go, how much of the right. negotiations is he really taking a part in? He may, right. you know, yeah. I, I'm sure that they have a trusted brand, I, and I can't remember the guy's name that Michael Jordan brought with him. Um, Dustin Polk. Yeah, the guy's a, a marketing genius. Right. So. No, he's going to do what he has to to make sure that 2311 has top-tier talent. If that's buying them out right from under Joe Gibbs and it's buying them out right from Joe Gibbs, we all know what happens with drivers from Joe Gibbs Racing. We've said it numerous times on this show. Right. Yeah, you just wonder how fast him get the hit because we all believe that he's the fifth and sixth uh, Joe Gibbs car. Uh, but, you know, th- like you said, Craig, that's interesting that you brought that up, that there may actually be a little bit of uh, a little bit of competitive uh, uh, banner within within the actual TRD department, right? Uh, because all the eggs have been in one basket since the uh, exasperation, since uh, Michael Walter Racing uh, went away. Um, so, that, you know, definitely uh, could be – um, you know, an early sign that Denny Hamlin's going to do what Denny Hamlin's going to do for the best of his company. 
And we do have uh, the next subject that we need to move to, and this is a very important subject. Uh, anything anything left to close with Tyler Reddick, the buyout? No, I just – we all knew it was happening. Yeah, okay. I agree with that. I agree. Cole Custer's fine. Wait a damn minute. Any thoughts? Uh, NASCAR over-officiating? Uh, NASCAR uh, found – I mean, literally the last time that they accused a team of manipulating a race for the chase, they damn near ended – they damn near closed the doors to Michael Walter Bracing. Or was it just NASCAR trying to give NAPA a way to buy out so that they could go sponsor tickets to face? Hmm. We'll never know. But obviously, it was that penalty that sent MWR, Michael Walter Bracing, into a tailspin to hell, which eventually broke apart an organization that at one time was, was, the, uh, was the franchise of TRD, a Toyota Racing Development. Um, you know, now, all of a sudden, they're saying that Cole Custer manipulated a race. Uh, his crew chief has been indefinitely suspended. Uh, man, 100, what, 100 points? A $100,000 fine? 50 points in $100,000. Plus, the crew chief fined $100,000 and is indefinitely suspended. Uh, for a teammate helping a teammate. No. Yeah. Or, is this, or was this NASCAR saying, wait a minute, only we can manipulate the re- the chase because they made sure that uh, – and, and I know they, well, the appeals panel is the one that took away the points uh, from – that took away the, the, the points minus from William Byron. That's fine and dandy if you want to believe that. But I'm sure somewhere or another, whoever's in that appeals panel has been connected to Hendrick Motorsports. So they're always – this isn't the first time the appeals panel has been in favor of Hendrick Motorsports, and it sure as hell won't be the last. But now, since the manipulation of the points from NASCAR, they're upset because the team basically was like, hey, uh, you got a flat tire, back off. And that was, you know, hey, okay, uh, I'm backing off. So that, that was their code word, to speak, of a Cole Custer holding up uh, traffic as – Chase Briscoe uh, uh, was able to, to to gain points that eventually eliminated Cal Larson uh, from the chase. I could go on and on all day with my conspiracies. I would rather hear you, well, Taz Taylor. I'm gonna I'm gonna add on to yours, Chris. And I know Craig was uh, going back and forth with me on this in a sense. But I'm going to throw this in quick before getting into that. So, we go back to 2020 where Eric Jones, and this was at Martinsville, Eric Jones at the time with Joe Gibbs Racing was told not to pass Denny Hamlin to alternate the finish. So that I believe it was, uh, I believe this was in beneficiary to Denny Hamlin um, so that he wasn't eliminated and he could move on. But Jones was told to not pass Hamlin. No penalty is is the result. That's over at Joe Gibbs. Go, go back to last year at Bristol. Chase Elliott holds up Kevin Harvick so that Larson can win 
and move on in the playoffs. How did that go? No penalty. This year, Cole Custer holds up someone to help his teammate to advance in the playoffs. Result? Penalty. So now people are trying to identify what's a penalty and what's not a penalty. And some some people are saying, well, Chase Elliott's wasn't a penalty because the driver determined that one. Okay, so the driver determined it. Now, Eric Jones back in Martinsville was told by a crew member to not pass Hamlin. Custer was basically told by a crew member to not to basically manipulate the finish, but gets penalized. So I'm still trying to find the difference here because either way, regardless if it's the driver or a crew member, you're still manipulating the finish to help a team. Yeah, I, I can remember Homestead, Tony, the years Tony Stewart and Carl Edwards race. The only reason why Carl, Tony Stewart was even uh, rolled into Homestead in the position he was in is because every Chevrolet driver for the two previous races pulled over for Tony Stewart so that he could chase Carl Edwards down into that final race. Um, so chase manipulation has been going on uh, forever. It is uh, a team uh, sport, and you know, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying that. Uh, it, it, what I'm saying is, manipulation will always happen within the team. It wasn't as blatant as what people are saying it was, uh, but at the same time, I think the only reason why it's an issue is because NASCAR accidentally got Kyle Larson kicked out of the chase. Uh, that's 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 how my, I feel about it. Um, Tad, thank you so much for that explanation. I believe Miss Lee uh, was asking for somebody to explain that real quick. I believe that's that's what uh, you she was talking about there. Craig Moore, uh, what is your thoughts on this uh, chase manipulation claim by NASCAR? Well, they're going to they're they're going to NASCAR is going to do what they have to do to protect the Golden Child. Um, we all know that Taz and I have said that. We said that back and forth. Uh, NASCAR is going to do what they have to do to make sure that Chase makes it. Why? Because Hendrick Motorsports holds a lot of clout in NASCAR. They want Chase in that in that final four because it's good for ticket sales. It's good for merch sales. Um, speaking of sales, I mean, I'm – I, I don't know, Chris, if you agree fully, um, but Chase is – Chase, unfortunately, is the face, and we've said that over and over again. So it sucks, but they're going to do what they have to do to keep Chase in the in the playoffs because it gives them something to talk about. They need to figure out – they need to come up with a clear, concise rules package as to who gets fined for what, irregardless of who it is, but they won't. The NASCAR is going to play favorites. Yeah, and that's, Point that's, blank, that's, end that's, of story. That, that we have an organization. But this is, but this is where you have um, – but like I said, you had Joe Gibbs involved in 2020. Nothing happened. You had Hendrick involved in 2021. 
Nothing happened. Here in 2022, Stuart Haas gets involved, and it's a penalty, straight up. And the thing is, is that you can't – and I – and I honestly don't even blame Stuart Haas for even going uh, try to appeal for this because I understand in the fact that Hendrick and Gibbs are your top teams. They have your top drivers, the faces, and everything else. But Stuart Haas is on the same level as those two teams. What, what's the difference between those two teams and Stuart Haas? probably because of Stewart's name and personality behind it versus those two. Well, exactly. That's exactly why, that's exactly why the greasy wheel got noticed over at Stewart Haas racing because Kevin Harvick was running his mouth. Well, not only are they looking at Harvick, they're looking at everybody from Stuart Haas Racing now. They're going to look for a reason to put the hammer down. Um, now, I, 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 I firmly believe that, you know, was it worth when you, when you bit when you bitch enough when you bitch enough you're going to piss enough people off. If you don't believe me, just Go back and read our treats. Um, and Stuart Haas is not known for being politically correct. You are absolutely right, Miss Lee. Um, and neither is Kevin Harvick. Stuart's going to tell you the way where where you can what field you can shit in, and so will Kevin Harvick. If he ain't happy about something, he's going to tell you. He is a twenty-plus year veteran of the sport. So is so is Stuart. They're going to tell you the way it is. If you don't like it, oh, well. But guess what? That also puts the eyes on you. Everybody in NASCAR is going to be looking at you. Um, so did they? are they have it? Do they have it out for them? Absolutely. Taz, how many bosses have you pissed off in your life? How many what? How many bosses have you pissed off because you've said something that you didn't agree with? I would say never. Yeah, I disagree. Because um, we all I've, have. Oh, I've pissed off Walmart bosses plenty of times. <laughs> we all have. <laughs> I forgot he did work for Walmart. <laughs> yeah, we all have. So you know what that does? That puts eyes on us. And that's exactly what happened with Stuart Haas. They went after they went after Harvick. Now they're now they're going after somebody else in Stuart Haas until everybody learns to get back in line and keep their mouth shut, which it won't happen. But we can. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Kevin Harvick is very vocal. Uh, Stuart is has been very vocal in his career, um, but you know Chase, I believe Chase Briscoe has. You know, he said, look, I've got a one in eight chance to win a championship. So whatever penalty uh, SHR got, I I believe it's well worth it uh, because Chase Briscoe will have not finished any less than eight in this year's championship and has a chance uh, to go on and win a championship. Uh, All hands on board. We said this last week, all hands on board 
to get Chase Briscoe uh, as far along as possible. So we've seen it. They 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 did exactly what we knew what we thought they would do. They are who we thought they were. Uh, to to quote Dallas Green, uh, a great uh, well a, a, a football coach who has passed away. All right, so um, last lap chaos. NASCAR's been fast to throw cautions for cardboard out on the racetrack, but did anybody see that pile up on aisle four? <laughs> there was there was cars wrecking everywhere, and NASCAR did not throw a caution. Um, I don't know. It's 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 so neither here or there. Who's in the lead? Who's not in the lead? There is there is absolutely no consistency in the officiating in NASCAR. I watch Formula One racing. Formula One racing may make two mistakes a year, and they are hammered for those mistakes that they make. Uh, Messi lost his job last year because he made a, a, a judgmental call on how he wanted the race to end between Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen. Max Verstappen goes on to win. It takes away the eighth championship from Lewis Hamilton. They're still bitching about it, and Messi lost his job. In NASCAR, you can have one call for one driver and a different call for another driver, all in the same instance, and it's, it's, it's just something we bitch about. We, we, nothing ever nothing ever happens. The last lap chaos is a perfect example of inconsistency in NASCAR. Um, I heard earlier in the week that uh, people were claiming that there needed to be uh, some leadership change because of lack of leadership, of course, you you listen to Door Bumper Clear as they talked about the uh, presidents of these speedways, the promoters of these speedways, not making themselves available. It's basically a run-in-my-office type of job these days. They're not uh, exposing themselves to critics and or the public. Um, what's the last lap? Well, I don't really want them exposing themselves to me. This year? Go ahead, Greg. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I don't really want them exposing themselves to me, but I, <laughs> I understand fully what you're saying because yeah, I did listen, and all the all the uh, guys on door bumper clear were bitching about that. You know, here's the presidents of the tracks not coming down to say hello and or make it known who they are. They'd rather govern from their office, and that's just ridiculous. Go ahead, Chris. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm good. It's like a manager at a, at a business who manages from his office because he's too lazy to come out of his office and go see what his team is doing. I mean, I mean, imagine if Jason did that. Imagine if CJ did that. He'd be managing his office from his car, his his store from his car. Right. You know, you can't right. do that. Right. Not not and take care not. of your people in the same right. notion. Uh, Tab, <laughs> the last lap chaos, is that the example of how this year's gone with the NASCAR officiating? Or what are your thoughts on the lack of leadership coming from above? I, like I said in, in the chat, if you don't have the, if you don't have the name and the money, regardless of whatever level you sit at, if you don't have the name and the money, you're going to get crapped on. That's how it's going to be. No matter what, I mean, people can you get people can argue twenty three eleven will be protected by Gibbs 
that's true to a sense, but they have Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan's going right. to protect them more than anything. A billion-dollar brand. A billion-plus. A billion-plus-dollar brand. Michael Jordan sold more sneakers in one year than LeBron James has sold his entire career. That's the difference between Michael Jordan and everybody else. It's just if, regardless, like I said, regardless if you are a Hendrix fan, a Gibbs fan, shoot, you could be a Colleague fan, a Petty fan, you could be a f- god dang freaking Starcom fan, and Starcom's not even in racing anymore. <laughs> if you're not yeah. the same, if you don't have the money, the name. You're gonna be screwed, regardless if you're at the same freaking level as everybody else. I think I think Taz is trying to say what I think all of our grandparents tried to teach us when we were young: treat the door handler just as well as you would treat uh, the the guy, the the man at the bank. You know? Yeah. Uh, you treat you treat the little people just as well as you as you treat the people in power, and uh, that's something that has been forgotten. Not just within uh, franchises and and, and uh, organizations and sports, uh, but it, but basically in our in our entire culture. Um, I, I kudos. Uh, I agree, Miss Lee. F. LeBron. I think anybody else at the table, uh, if you feel that way, you can go ahead and get your F. LeBron out of the way as well. Um, yeah, you know, I'm glad Michael Jordan's in the sport, and I, and I like what he brings to the table. And I, I believe that with that type of backing behind Denny Hamlin, he has been able to be a little bit more vocal uh, because he has somebody that, that can be a major influence to how uh, the future of NASCAR is run. And that's being challenged right now uh, with the RTA uh, because basically they've come to the board and said, look, we want, we want more money. Uh, it was discussed earlier this week that 93% of the revenue from – uh, the cable uh, from the TV contract uh, it goes to NASCAR. Seven percent goes to the team. NASCAR said, "Wait a minute, that's a little bit offset." Uh, what are you guys' thoughts on the revenue sharing and whether or not uh, you know NASCAR has been a little bit too greedy here? Well, I mean, what are we tuning in for? Are we tuning in for the commercials or are we tuning in for the racing? You get a lot of the commercials based that you – Right. There's more commercials. More It's more picture-in-picture than it is um, actual racing. I, I'm pretty sure the drivers get a cut of that too, do they not, out of that 7%? Yeah. But – So – that's the piece that the teams have to share amongst the, you know, their their organization. Right. So I mean, I think NASCAR. Do I think NASCAR is being a little greedy? Yeah, because it ain't NASCAR putting their ass in. It isn't NASCAR that's putting asses in seats. It's drivers like Kyle Larson, Corey LaJoy, um, you know, uh, even the backmarker drivers like uh, the one that lifts the keep records. His father's equipment. Oh, Cody, uh, Cody Ware. 
I mean, you know, it's the drivers that are putting their asses on the line. That's you some awesome Dylan, my bad. Oh, yeah, no, both Austin Dillon, too, and Tyler Dill- Ty Dillon and all that. But, uh, you know, give the dry- give the teams a little bigger piece of that puzzle. Um, and that'll help level the playing field as far as these underfunded teams because you're always going to have an underfunded team. I don't care. I don't care what anybody says. You're going to have the teams that can – you're going to have the haves and the have-nots, kind of like the TV show. Yeah, well, you know, it used to be these underfunded teams were driven by independent drivers, and those independent drivers were basically just the used parts shelf from the bigger teams. And so sometimes they would get uh, an R&D motor or something to that effect, and they were able to go out and test things uh, that uh, that the other teams were not willing to put in their own cars at the time. The The environment of racing has changed so much since then now it's just basically these teams are backmarkers and Hendrick, uh, Roush, and uh, well Penske, I guess, and and, and um, Gibbs. They they sell off their their broken parts for sure, but these guys are not uh, they're they're not as affiliated. It's it's not the give here's you a drive shaft. Uh, we know that you need it type of situation anymore. It's complete business. These, there is no independent driver left in in NASCAR, and with that being said, that's you know where it comes down to. There's no longer parts sharing in this business. Things that are just handed out to keep you going down the road. That that's not a part of racing anymore. No, that's no NASCAR is 100% business. Um, you know, you might have found that. You know, five, ten. Definitely found that 20, 30 years ago. You will not find that now, as you said. It, it is a complete business. They're there to make money because um, they've got bills to pay. Right. I mean, yeah. we've seen it. We've seen it. Lowe's was the last. Lowe's was the last, if or no, M&M Mars, actually, the last company to fully sponsor a team. Um corporations aren't doing that anymore any given week you used to be able to tell the cars by the sponsors you can't do that anymore hell ross chastain has the moose lodge on like four or five races this year on his car you used to be able to tell the one car when it was steve park it was penzoil you know um yeah there's definitely no identification uh uh, with these with these race cars uh, being different colors and different graphics every week, uh, but of you know the day and age of one single sponsor uh, sponsoring these guys is gone with the wind as well. But you're not going to be able to completely pull all this money out of sponsorships to to fund your race teams anymore. And I, I think NASCAR's got to get that figured out that they're going to have to do something with these race teams. They're going to have to give them a little bit more revenue sharing. Uh, to, to have these guys survive, Hendrick is not going to sell you equipment so you can beat him. He, in the end, Hendrick is going to win. I've never understood right. track racing. The guy who goes out and spends $3,000 for a used motor. Basically, all you did, my friend, was pay half down for that guy to go get a brand new motor that's going to wax your ass on Saturday night. Now, I do understand that yep. you have to budget race and, and all, but 
you're not going to be competitive and you're never going to beat that guy when you're buying his over overworked parts. You know, and so, you know, and that's basically any other team that's a satellite of Hendrick Motorsports. You know, um, if you're not, if you don't race for Mr. Hendrick, then you're probably have his, you're probably racing junk. <laughs> uh, so colleague racing and Spire Motorsports and uh, JTG and Petty, all of these uh, GMS, all these teams, yeah, they can, they might can squeeze out a victory every now and then, but they're never going to be top fleet because they're never going to be able to compete on the level that Hendrick Motorsports competes with. And I think that until you bring in proper leadership, that stops that from happening and no longer favors the Hendrick or the Gibbs. Or, you know, even, I, you know, I always felt like from day one, RCR has been the outlaw of Chevrolet. Uh, he was the leftover spare parts guy one time. Most of his equipment was leftover parts from Junior Johnson, and he'll tell you that in his early, uh, in, in the early part of his career. Uh, of course, Richard Chill just raced um, for, uh, uh, for himself before he put uh, Dale Earnhardt Sr., in the car. So, yes, uh, Taz Taylor, thank you for keeping us uh, on cue. We do need to go to the roundtable. Look, you know, this roundtable is going to be pretty simple. Um, we are just running about 10 minutes behind here tonight. Uh, we do apologize for that. Um, <laughs> blame it on me, guys, for sure. So, uh, I've I, I w- I wondered where y'all's picks were. I believe I've picked my top four uh who i felt was uh going to be in the in the final four i uh, have not seen uh what you guys or who you guys have picked but uh, i don't know how to how to start this off chase briscoe i believe would be the guy in the eighth spot uh i don't give him a you know do we want to go hot or cold or uh, uh chance or no chance um no now. All right. So, Chris, I have right now um, Chase Elliott, the point leader, Logano second, Chastain third, Bell right now is the last one above the cut line. Uh, three points behind him is Ryan Blaney. Also three points behind him is William Byron. Five points behind him is Denny Hamlin. Mm. And... Chase Briscoe is at the bottom of the food chain for the uh, eight drivers that we have remaining. As for our picks, uh, Chris saying for the final four is Christopher Bell, Chase Elliott, Joey Logano, and Ryan Blaney. Craig says Chase Elliott, Denny Hamlin, Ross Chastain, Christopher Bell. I have... Chase Elliott, Joey Logano, Denny Hamlin, Ryan Blaney. With that being said, we have Chase Elliott as a lock moving forward to the championship round. And we basically have given the boot to William Byron and Chase Briscoe. So we have two drivers that basically have no votes, so they're eliminated right off the bat. 
Ross Chastain has one vote, so we basically could eliminate him if we wanted to, which leaves Logano, Hamlin, Blaney, and Bell to make up the final three spots. So that's four drivers that we have to figure out how that's going to play out. So Logano has uh, two votes. Logano, Hamlin, Blaney, and Bell have two okay, votes. Okay, so so with Logano, chance or no chance, Craig Moore? <coughs> of making the final four? I don't know. I tried to pick somebody different, so I'm going to say no chance. I get tired of seeing the same people year in and year out. I want to see some new blood. I gave Logano the easy um, get in because he's done well at Martinsville. He's won there before. Um, I believe he does have some success. Um, he obviously has success at Martin or at Homestead, being that he has a championship when the championship race was at Martinsville. So I'm so I'm easily throwing him in, being that at least two of these races uh, will go his way. I said no to Ross Chastain and William Byron easily because Denny Hamlin's got two receipts coming, uh, and why not pay him off in this round and say to hell with you? So we're left with Ross Chastain, Joey Logano, and Ryan Blaney. So, I I I am open on discussion for Joey Logano. I I do not. Joey Logano has been the most consistent driver all year long. I, it's just going to be outside of Chase Elliott. It's just going to be hard for me not to envision Joey Logano at home at uh, Phoenix, at Homestead, uh, at Phoenix at the end of the year. So I'm going to have to make a definite rule here. Joey Logano will 100% be racing for a championship at Phoenix. Ross Chastain. I think that Denny Hamlin is going to make his receipts. I think he's going to pay those receipts in the final four. I think that... Which could cost him. When we get which to... could cost Denny Hamlin. That's why I did not vote him in. Denny Hamlin has been his own worst enemy uh, throughout the years. This year seems like the year where... He's been the most inconsistent, so, you know, just somehow, you know, you do everything wrong to finally get it right, um, but um, with what Craig has said, I've, I'm just not, I'm not gung-ho for Denny Hamlin to make it to the Final Four. I figure some way or another he's going to find a way to screw this up. Well, and he may very well. Um, so you have him, you have him transferring, Craig. 
Yeah, I have Denny and and Chastain both transfer into the Final Four. I think that okay. now, now they'll stay away from each other. What we have said cannot influence any way of what you feel with uh, Ross Chastain with Denny Hamlin or Ross Chastain. Do you see these guys basically counting each other out? What is your thoughts on that? That's the question for Craig. Oh, no, that was for you. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought it was for you, Craig. Um, we're talking about Hamlin on this instance, right? Yeah. Correct. Okay, Hamlin. I see. I see it going this way, and I I can definitely see Chris's point. Um, I just went with. Hamlin's going to do anything he can to advance himself. And the only way to do that is if he screws Shastain and Byron, because he's got receipts coming for the both of them. And I believe Byron will be a success in one standout. But with Shastain, that's where I'm seeing Chris's point. But Hamlin has always been at the point with when it comes to the round of eight, it's either you make it, you make the best of it early on, or when his back is against the wall, he's going to prevail. That's how he's been the last few years in this playoff system. So I had to go with what I've seen the past few years. Hamlin's going to get it. uh, Hamlin's going to move on but I don't see him as a championship uh, favorite. But um, to answer Chris's question in the chat, right now all three of us said Chase Elliott, so he's moving forward. Uh, We have eliminated Byron and Briscoe immediately because nobody voted for them. Uh, Shastain has one vote, so we could eliminate him, but there's Logano, Hamlin, Blaney, and Bell. We've talked about Logano and Hamlin, we got to figure out Blaney and Bell being that they're the only two drivers with two votes. So Blaney is an interesting subject because had Kurt Busch actually uh, been in the chase, Ryan Blaney would have been counted out. But Ryan Blaney would have – he was second in points. So he literally is the most consistent driver of the regular season, finishing second in the regular season points. But he's in – the chase by happenstance because of Kurt Busch's injury and NASCAR showing emphasis to a win and you're in type of chase format. With that being said, Ryan Blaney's been probably one of the most consistent drivers this year uh, in the chase. So it's, it's going to be very hard for me to not push on my vote for Ryan Blaney uh, just because, man, the guy. He got lucky to even get in, and now, you know, he's done made it to the to the round of eight. I just – I think he's going to ride the momentum. And that's where I pretty much – when I got down to the – with my picks, I immediately eliminated Byron and Chastain because of uh, Hamlin's receipts. I eliminated Briscoe because he just – I'm sorry, he just doesn't have it. 
to get into the get into the championship four. As so, those three were easy. When it came down to my final pick, it was literally down to um, Blaney and Bell. And right now, Blaney's made has made the best of what he's been basically given. If it weren't for Kurt Busch, um, he's as you mentioned, Chris, second in points after the regular season. Bell was basically back to the wall in, uh, at the Roval and won on a stupid late caution. And I, and unless unless he gets something to prevail at probably Homestead, which I think may be his best track, I would have to double-check that one, really. Yeah, Homestead's his best track. So, unless he gets something going there, he I don't I didn't see him making it out. And Blaney, at two of these tracks, has an average finish of a top 10 or pretty close to top 10. And I have to go, and I had to go with consistency. And I know in this format, that doesn't really prove much of anything because, you know, when you move on. But this is the round where that means something because even if we had three different winners, one of these guys is going to transfer on points. Somebody's looking at the point structure saying, that's my ticket in. Right. That's what's going to make this fourth pick very hard. Somebody's racing. All these guys are racing. All these guys are point racing. Right. I mean, and if they're not, they're stupid. And plus with Blaney, with no win – he can go to the championship four and pull the Matt Crafton and basically that too. No, Hemrick won his race for the oh, championship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So not, he could pull Crafton did not win that year. <laughs> he won the championship. So he could pull the Matt Crafton, be the first of the final four drivers across the line. And not win the dang race. And I honestly hope to God. And that's where I came down to. I was like, do I go with Bell where he literally got in because of a stupid late race caution where his back was against the wall the entire race? Or do I go with Blaney who's been more consistent and could pretty well expose the system for what it is? I'm going with Blaney in that in that case. Yep. What about Christopher Bale? I think I'm the only one that's been on the Bale bandwagon from about the start of the chase. Of course, I mean, I look pretty stupid up until about two laps to go. Um, you know, Bale, I'm willing I'm willing to give on Bale. Like, if, if this, if we can't all agree on Bale, then I'm willing to eliminate Bale. But I just want it to be known that on the last show, of the season, if Bell wins the championship, uh, then uh, I don't know, man. It's uh, I, I'll have to be crowned Nostradamus of the year. So let, let's just let's 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 just wager that idea. <laughs> so is that a bet? You know what, Chris? 
I'll let you have a two-minute gloat all to yourself uninterrupted if Bell wins the championship. All right. So for those two minutes, you're going to be like, ha, ha, see ya, ba ba I'm the winner, I'm the winner, 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 winner. Something like that for like two minutes. Yeah, yeah and, if you don't, and if he doesn't, then you forfeit the $10 we all owe you for SRX championship. <laughs> Look, y'all got wow. so confused on all that. We'll talk about that later. We'll talk about that later. Because hopefully what it's all going to come out to is, uh, well, we'll talk about that later. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's complex. It's definitely complex. But I believe there's been a misunderstanding uh, with the overall. The overall is only a $70 bet overall, period. That's, that's as much as anybody would have to come out of pocket. But by the time you get done saying, okay, well, I won this and you won that, hopefully it's going to be an exchange of maybe about 20 bucks. But there again, if we all want to throw the money in together to pay for next year's radio show, <laughs> that may be an idea too. I don't know. Uh, we'll just discuss that. I like that, that idea. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like that deal for the bet deal. We'll just see how that uh, how that transpires here. Um, all right. So I'm willing to waver on Bell. Does that does that somehow set us up for who could go into that fourth spot? Because I believe that we for sure on Chase Elliott. We're for sure on Joey Logano. There seems to be a maybe on Ryan Blaney. Christopher Bell, I'm willing to waver because there, there's obviously uh, – I'm, I'm against the wind on that one. How? So are we at three and four? So Ryan Blaney, do we pencil him in at three? Does he have the vote? Oh, yeah. We, so we can put in Ryan Blaney. Okay, yeah. So Logano, Blaney, and Chase Elliott. That that leaves Chastain and Bell, I believe. Chastain, right? no, Chastain, Hamlin, and Bell. But I will note this, Chris: Chastain only has one vote versus Hamlin and Bell. Yeah, these guys each only have one vote. No, no, Chastain has one. Hamlin and Bell have, and Hamlin has Bell has two votes. Oh, so the, so we're at the crossroads with two Toyota drivers. Wow. On the same team, nonetheless. Wow. Well, going on my theory that you'll never win a championship uh, racing for somebody else's team, I've seen Gibbs throw a championship from Denny Hamlin before when Kyle Busch won it by that big piece of tape that went on the front end of his race car at Homestead that year. Um, and the switched tires on Martin Truex's crew, uh, all of that led to Kyle Busch winning a championship. I don't know, man. I think my money's on Christopher Bell. I've got, I mean, I mean, who's coming with me? I got to go with past experience. And I hate to top it off with stats here. And I understand that this is a new car. This is essentially a new season and more variety. But Hamlin in the past that these tracks were hitting, 13.2 average finish at Las Vegas, average finish of 10 at Homestead, and a 10.7 average finish at Martinsville. 
which all averages to to an 11.3 average finish, which best all playoff drivers, which when I say that, I mean all six teams that made the playoffs this year. And being as how Hamlin has been the last few years in this round, he's either good to start to get in or when his bag is against the wall, he prevails into the championship four. So I kind of had to go off of stats, and I had to kind of play off of what has he done the last few years. I can't argue and go against it. Do I see him winning the championship? No. He's today's Mark Martin. Oh, sorry. He's today's Grandpa Martin. There we go. But um, I just see it as, I honestly see it as Hamlin over Bell. Hamlin over Bell. What about you, Craig? This is it. This is down. Chat stays out. We no longer. All right. Well, you know what? I don't think Joe Gibbs is going to. I don't think Joe Gibbs is going to let Hamlin win a championship. Uh, So I'm going to go with Bell. The future. I, I I can almost guarantee within two years, Hamlin will announce his retirement and focus solely on his own team, and they will pull He's away from J.D. Moore. Exactly. Joe Gibbs knows that. It's a business decision. So we're going Christopher Bell on this. Oh, hell, here comes Christopher Bell. So he's still in it. He's still in he's it. Still in it. And, we, and we just did the 12 Angry Men. I tell you what, we could, we, could, uh, we could be on a jury. I've never seen, I've never seen a group of minds that work so well together when it comes to elimination. I love it how we do that. It's been something special that we found out last year that we could do really well. And, you know, this year we've missed it by, by a ballpark, but I think it's been hard to predict this season altogether. I mean, you could have put money on a few of these drivers uh, at the beginning of the year, and your odds would have been paying out pretty well, especially a Chase Briscoe or, you know, Austin Dillon over Martin Truitt, right? I mean, my God, we've seen a crazy year here. Um, now, I do want to throw in quick here, Chris, since we're kind of getting a little short on time. We did last round, we did pretty freaking accurate because if I remembered right, or if I marked it down right, we had in the round of 12, Chase Elliott, Joey Logano, Ross Chastain, Kyle Larson, William Byron, Denny Hamlin, Ryan Blaney, Christopher Bell. The only one that's not in that eight is Kyle Larson, and that's where Chase Briscoe came in. So we went from three wrong, from three wrong bombardment in the first round to only getting one wrong in the last round. And that's Chase Briscoe. That's right. Wow. Good job, guys. Good job. Three minds are better than one. Um. All right, so that's settled. 
Craig says no checker flag, black flag. That's like our easiest segment in the world. Yeah, but because uh, I think we all can agree that the black flag goes to NASCAR. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and who gets the checker flag? I'd say Bill. I mean, he did make the most of the situation. It's hard to argue Listen, that. they don't – who finished second? Do you remember without looking? Harvin. It doesn't, it doesn't matter because they're the first friggin' loser. That's right. You're not first, you're last. That's right. Damn it. Bobby, I'll tell you what. Well, let me ask you something real quick, Craig. I know we're out of time. But have you ever had, now that you've been in the South, what's your preference of mayonnaise? Hellman's. I don't use that fake shit. Hellman's? Okay, well, we like dupes and blue plates where we come from. Have you ever had a banana I don't sandwich? I have banana and peanut butter. You're right. My wife is a peanut butter and banana. I'm a mayonnaise and banana. I've never had mayonnaise and banana, but have you ever put peanut butter in your cereal? No, but we do put fruit in our cereal. Yeah, I like fruit in my cereal, but you should try peanut butter. Oh God, it's pretty good, especially in Cheerios. Yeah, peanut butters and pickles are pretty good too. What I heard. Oh uh, yeah, no, I'm not pregnant. I may be fat, but I ain't pregnant. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Uh, so that'll uh, that'll put us at the pick. It's been a great show. We kind of been off to you, but we somehow stayed along. I probably babbled. Had homeless guy there. That was the other day. Huh? The homeless guy picture that I posted really threw everything in a tizzy for about 30 seconds. But, you know. Uh, I, I cried. So I'm not going to lie. Don't get me back started on that. That was hilarious. Oh, my God. Please don't get me back to that. Okay. Uh, so, Monday's headlines. Uh, first, let's get our picks in. Who all is racing this weekend? I think we're going to Vegas. I think we got all three series. Yeah, no, I think we, we have all. No, it's X and Cup because trucks are off till Homestead. They're off till next weekend. Homestead? Oh, yeah, gosh, they're off like till Homestead. Like truck series, they're off till Homestead. And after Homestead for them is Phoenix. Wow. Well, uh, okay, so Xfinity picks. I guess I get to go first. Las Vegas. You know, look, my money's on Barry, man, Josh Barry. Uh, he likes to ride the high side. This is going to be one of those races that fits his uh, technique. Um, this will lock him into, I believe, Phoenix. So uh, Josh Barry is going to race for a championship. He's going to take the win. On the Cup Series side, this is this is where you know. Look, if if Joe Gibbs is real about sending Kyle Busch off the right way, and he's going to be a fan of his and pull for him, then I would figure that all all hands are going to be on deck for Kyle Busch to get the best finish that he can get at his home track here at Las Vegas as he sends off Eminem uh, into the sunset. 
and the and the nickname Candyman. Um, you know, and plus I think that Kyle probably wants to get a win here worse than anything to prove that you know he's to go into next year on a good note. So I, if I'm pulling for Kyle Busch this weekend, being that it's his home track, I I'll just go ahead and pick him to win as well on here. So um, it may not it may not be the best pick. It may not be the right pick, but it's my pick. So you're saying Kyle Busch? Yeah, he's going to get a hometown win. All right. My pick for Xfinity gets win number eight on the season. Noah Gregson. As for the cup side, <clears throat> I have three drivers circled. Of course, one out of each camp. I'm looking at Logano, Larson, and Truex. Notice how two of them are not chase drivers now. I'm going with... I was going to say Larson in this case to send a statement. And I was also going to say Truex to say to send a statement. But I didn't like Truex's consistency as of late. So I'm going with Giggles Logano as my pick. That's a good one, man. That is a good one. Logano could really run the table here. And Logano gets into the next round. That's a good one. I like that pick. Greg Greg. Moore. All right. So I'm going to go with the Dinger in Xfinity. And although, Chris, I like your thoughts, on Kyle Bush. I don't think Joe Gibbs is going to make is a big fan of Kyle Bush. I think he's a greedy old bastard and he could give two shits about Kyle Bush going out with a win. I think that it's going to be all hands on deck to make sure that Bell advances to your final four, so I'm going to take Bell as the winner in Cup. Wow. Back-to-back Man, talk about the favorite all of a sudden. I'm claiming Christopher Bell is the favorite now for the NASCAR Cup championship because I know Christopher Bell is not going to let Chase Elliott win the championship. This is amazing. I love the way that this is working out. But I I may be speaking over the top and, and, and too soon. But uh, all signs are pointing to, to Christopher Bell maybe being the favorite coming in to uh, <laughs> the final race of Phoenix. Wow. All right. Uh, so we're waiting on Ms. Lee's pick, Ty Gibbs, and Kurt, no, Kyle Bush. Kyle Bush. Or Miss Lee. No picks from Jason yet, so. Um, wow. So, we somehow finished up on time. 
Monday's headlines today. Is that what you said in your Monday's headlines? Somebody said something about T-Rex or something. Did you just come up with that? Here's what I said. Uh, Let me go back up. I'm trying to find it. I, did, I thought you had just posted a picture. Oh, I, Craig, I got it. All right, if you got it, Taz. You said Bush retires, T-Rex to drive 45, Hubba Bubba back to 23, Bush moves to assistant director of competition. What? That confirmed? No, he's saying Kurt Bush to Kurt Bush retired. Truex leaves the nineteen today. to go to twenty okay. go to twenty three eleven. Hubba Bubba goes from the forty five back to the twenty three car, while Kurt Bush is the assistant director of competition at twenty three eleven. Wow. That's his headline. All right. Well, my one, of course, would be Kyle Busch, Take Take Me Home, where we, what is that song? Take Me Home. <laughs> take Me Home. <laughs> I think we're on the line. Yeah, 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 yeah. What is that, a John Denver song? Yes, sir. All right, yeah. So, uh, yeah, Kyle Busch sings Take Me Home. My headline, what? what a great Joey Logano. Joey Logano giggles at everybody and says, hello, championship four, here I come. All right, all right. Guys, we want to thank you all for listening to the show here tonight. It has been a blast. We have covered so much in such a short period of time. Uh, we acted like some professionals tonight, kept this thing rolling, even when we were distracted and off cue and, and just the time's babbling, but it's all right. That's what we do on Race Chat Live. We just got only a few episodes left as well for the season before we take our Christmas break. Um, just uh, want to thank everybody who's listened to the show this year and uh, supported us. And, you know, we've seen we've seen spikes in our ratings quite a few times this year. Um, of course, you know, we can't hold that audience all the time, unfortunately not yet, but we're getting better. And our show is getting, uh, getting even better and stronger every season. And I uh, just want to thank you guys. You can listen to the show on iHeartRadio, Google uh, Podcasts, Spotify, all of your major podcast networks if you didn't listen to it live on Blog Talk Radio Network. But, uh, um, Chad Taylor, if you want to go ahead and send us off here, buddy. Sure thing. Thank you, everyone, for listening to Race Chat Live here on Tuesday night on Blog Talk Radio. If you don't catch us live on Blog Talk Radio on Tuesday nights, you can catch us on any form of podcast, as Chris was mentioning, such as Blog Talk Radio itself, podpage.com, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, RSS Feed, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, GeoSaven, Podcast Addicts, Teaser, Podchaser, and on YouTube. We want to thank our sponsors that make the 110 Nations Roll around here. That is Phoenix Fitness, Bears Bullish Market Talk Group, 
and Carolina Sports Plus. We want to thank you all for listening along tonight. We'll see you the same bat time, same bat place next Tuesday night here on Blog Talk Radio. This has been the the caution flag of racing radio, Chris Creighton, the DJ music man, Craig Moore. I'm the Tasmanian Devil Flagger, Taz Taylor, saying good night. We'll see you all next week. Good night, everybody. Just a good old boy, never meaning no harm. Beats all you never saw, been in trouble with the law since the day they was born. Straightening the curve, planting the hills. The mountain might get them, but the law never will. Making their way the only way they know how. That's just a little bit more than the law will allow. Just a good old boy wouldn't change if they could. Fighting the system like a two modern day Robin Hood. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.